Welcome to WMUR's The Trail, from New Hampshire to the White House. I'm WMUR political director Adam Sexton, and we're returning to our Candidate Cafe again in this episode. Through this series, we're looking to learn more about the candidates themselves and what makes them tick. In this episode, you'll hear some highlights from Michael Bennett's back and forth with voters in Manchester's airport diner. Then I'll chat one-on-one with the senator on some hot topics of the day. Thanks for listening, and be sure to leave a rating and review of this podcast after the episode. We'd really appreciate it. Michael Bennett drew national headlines earlier this year when he yelled at Ted Cruz on the Senate floor during a government shutdown. One person who wasn't impressed was Bennett's own daughter. Ted accused me of yelling at him, and then I said I wasn't yelling, but that I was yelling, and I <laughs> and my daughter, um, Caroline, who was a freshman in college at the time, this thing came on the TV, and, she's, and her, she and her uh, roommates were watching it, and she said, I started, I was starting into him, and she said, uh-oh, I've heard that voice before. <laughs> and they have this, you know, when they see these headlines that describe mild-mannered Michael Bennett. That those are the ones where they circle it and send it to each other. Bennett says his daughters like to poke fun at their senator dad, especially his 15-year-old. I could easily imagine that she's caucusing for Cory Booker somewhere right now. Bennett's family story was shaped by tragedy. His mother and grandparents are Holocaust survivors. They were warned that the Nazis were coming and they were um, uh, and my, my grandfather wouldn't leave because he didn't want to leave the family behind. And in the end, uh, they were all killed except for my mom, m- her, her parents, and an aunt. They eventually and resettled in New York, and Bennett says his grandparents' patriotism remains an inspiration. You know, the worst of things that could humans could do to other humans had happened to them. Um, and, and that was there, but what also was there was just the sheer joy of being Americans. Adam Sexton, WMUR News 9. Life's beautiful moments, sunsets, landscapes, wildlife. That's WMUR's U Local Facebook group. Join this growing community and browse the stunning images captured by viewers like you. Or share your own. Get started at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash WMUR9. Go to groups and join U Local. See you there. I think it's funny, you, you like to make this joke about mild-mannered, moderate uh, Michael Bennett. It, it seems to fit sometimes, but it, why don't you think it fits all the time? Well, because I, there are things that I really care deeply about, and most of that is about uh, you know kids like the kids I used to work for in the Denver Public Schools, whose families are working really hard, but who can't just can't get their heads up above water so that they're, um, you know, so that they're not living in poverty. And I also think about my kids and their whole generation um, uh, and the importance of our transmitting to them the democracy that was given to us. And that's at real risk right now, and that stuff gets me going. If you didn't have that reputation, do you think you would have had that same kind of attention on the breakthrough moment? If you were someone who yelled on the Senate no, floor all the time? No, no, I think that if This I, being the, the yeah, moment would take Cruz right, on no, the Senate floor. No, I think that if I yelled on the Senate floor all the time, uh, it would have been much less, um, it would have captured less attention. Who was the first person who came to you after that? Was it, did you know in the moment that what was going on or did somebody I didn't have off? any idea. I was, I actually walked off the floor, you know, poor Doug Jones from Alabama was sitting right next to me, <laughs> not knowing what to think. And 
uh, I walked up to the, fl the floor and there were this whole group of reporters outside who were waiting to actually listen to Mitch McConnell who was about to speak after the lunch um, uh, and um, and they're like what got into you <laughs> what are you doing and then I got back to the office and it, it, it the thing had started to just kind of wind its way all over the country. Mm -hmm. uh, here at Canada Cafe, we got to hear some interesting things about your background, going to work for John Hickenlooper back in the day. Was he uh, a fun boss? He was such a bad boss that <laughs> I had to run for president against him. To, no, I'm kidding, that's a joke. He was a great boss. He was a really good boss. We, um, he, had, he had never run for office before. He got elected mayor. He had been a small businessman in Denver. And he ran on the stuff that mattered, which was at that time economic development in our city and the budget deficit that we were facing. And because he was a creative guy and an interesting guy, we were able to attract a world-class team to the city and county of Denver to the leadership position. Some of those people were people who worked in the city and county. Some of those people came all the way across the country to be part of that team. But it was among the most effective group of people that I've ever worked with. And he was really good at, uh, at getting talented people and then um, letting them do their jobs, which I think is a good, that's a good trait for a boss to have. I, I've always, you know, sometimes people ask me, how did you do this and how did you do that? And I say, the, the key is finding people that are much better at doing their job than you would ever be at doing their job and mobilizing them to do the work that we need to do. You were uh, on a lot of different uh, high school and college campuses yesterday uh, and bringing in kind of that last aspect of what you were talking about, you know, there's that long time dynamic tension in the Democratic Party between progressive and moderate. Uh, we, I think we kind of know where you fall and where John Hickenlooper fall on that spectrum. So many young people today are gravitating towards, you know, the social media splash, uh, you know, like uh, politicians yep. like uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Clearly, I mean, you're going to be around for a while, uh, most likely, but what's the future uh, and how do you make, uh, quote unquote, being reasonable or being moderate exciting? Well, I don't think those are different. I mean, I think those are different things. I, what I said yesterday on the college campuses, one of the things I said was, look, in our society, going back to the very beginning, the idea was never that we were going to agree with each other. It was, going to be, it was that we were going to disagree with each other because we were living in a free society. So the hope was that out of those disagreements, we would come together and make more intelligent decisions than any one person, a king or a tyrant, could make on their own. And that's what we can't lose sight of. I think that whether we're progressive or moderate or conservative, we can't lose sight of that core idea of our democracy out of many one, out of many one. And it's not about your way or the highway. And that is really important for us to find a way to get back to. It's been lost in Washington completely, largely because of the Freedom Caucus. And we've got to recapture it. And one of the things I'm trying to say to young people on these campuses is, you can't give up on the democracy, even though there are all these reasons why you should, because we were talking about some of it today, because they're getting the short end of the stick, because we haven't made the decisions we should have made. The, the path to fixing that is, is to resurrect our democracy, not to abandon it. And I hope no matter where young people fall on the spectrum uh, politically, that they, that they see uh, the duty that they have here to eat, make up for our mistakes. It's not fair. We've, we have done so much to give them the short end of the stick. Uh, so we're actually even asking them, you know, in a sense, to bail us out when they've already been not treated terribly well. But unfortunately, that's the fix we're in. So we've got to get young people to the polls, and we've got to get young people's 
voices in this thing, and I think the moderate progressive stuff in our party will work itself out. It always does. Uh, I want to jump on one quick policy question as we wrap up here. What are the consequences, uh, both uh, for foreign policy and politically, if we see in northern Syria uh, some of these ISIS prisoners being released? Uh, oh. oh, well, I, I hope they aren't released, so I, I don't want to make an assumption that they will be, but I think from a policy point of view, it's a complete disaster to have 10 or 15,000 former ISIS fighters, you know, in northern Syria. Uh, I, I think the president has made a calamitous decision. This is a terrible decision, a reckless decision. Uh, virtually every single senator in that place, Democrats or Republicans, has condemned the decision. And it's a reflection of how little this guy understands about um, uh, the Middle East. And I hope he reconsiders it. I really do. This is, there was, there were, I, by the end of the day yesterday, I was seeing in the paper that even people in Benjamin Netanyahu's government were wondering whether this means that we're going to be there uh, for Israel. I mean, we can't send these kinds of messages. And I guarantee, you know, the great, the big winner here, once again, is Iran, who keeps winning because of President Trump's, pol you know, policy blunders. It's not just this one. It's, you know, blowing up the Iran deal as well. I mean, all of these things have been gifts to the mullahs in Iran. And this is a gift to them as well. It's a gift to Erdogan, you know, the Turkish president who is now going to be able to um, attempt to uh, push back or maybe even wipe out the Kurds uh, on the southern border of Turkey. And uh, I'm deeply worried about it. And I think the politics around it, I mean, I don't even want to talk about the politics around it. I think it's substantively such a terrible decision and so contrary to the national security interests of the United States. Senator Bennett, thanks for joining thanks us. Thanks for having me. Good to see you. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us for WMUR's The Trail, from New Hampshire to the White House. If you have a moment and can write a review or subscribe to this podcast, we'd certainly appreciate it. You can also find us on WMUR.com and our free WMUR app 24-7. See you for the next episode of this podcast next week.